0: Hey, this is Doug Bursch and You're listening to Fairly Spiritual. Around 2014, Pastor Mark Driscoll left the church he founded, Hill Church in Seattle. He left the church in chaos with many hurt leaders, past and present, unable to reconcile with him, unable to deal with the sins that he had done to the church and the leadership he had worked with. Pastor Mark moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, started a new church now has a new book coming out. I'm going to talk about what is wrong with giving a leader another platform to make the same mistakes again.
1: They say that I cannot do what you've called me to It is not possible, unattainable I will never see it through But you spoke
0: Fairly Spiritual, and I am your host, Doug Bursch, and uh, I prayed a bit about trying to decide whether I would do today's show. This is different than uh, any show I've done on the Fairly Spiritual show, although occasionally when I was a radio host in the Seattle area, I would deal with topics such as this. In fact, I had to deal with Pastor Mark Driscoll while being on the air in the Seattle area because of the profound impact, both positive and negative, Pastor Mark had on the region and the witness of Christ in the region of Seattle and, frankly, in the United States and in the world. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, something that troubles me greatly. I just saw that uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll is releasing a new book. It'll be coming out, I don't know exactly when, but later. And uh, it's on Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I I just feel like I need to talk about what happened here in Seattle a little bit. I live in the Seattle area, and uh, why I have great concern with any publishing house giving Pastor Mark a platform again until he really does the work of reconciliation. Now, as best as I know how, I try to do any show. Uh, In the five years I was on the radio, and now I try to do anything with the belief that I would speak this way if the person I am speaking about is in the room. Uh, now, I don't have the ability to have that kind of relationship or any relationship with Pastor Mark Driscoll, uh, but today I'm trying to talk in a way that I would talk as if uh, we were meeting in the same room. Now, uh, I'll give you a little full disclosure here. Um, There are some things that have always kind of bothered me about Pastor Mark, and I'm saying this more for my biases that could skew me in the wrong way. Uh, one of the issues is his view of women in ministry. At least that's what his view of women in ministry used to be. Uh, I, had, I had a tough time with that, particularly with how he articulated it, and often some of the things he'd say about women in ministry that would trouble me greatly. I also just struggled with the fact that uh, he came across as arrogant, and uh, that's not me trying to just make someone feel bad or say mean things, but um, repeatedly he would say uh, things that were pretty arrogant, and then when people would come in and say, would you like to clarify what you've you've said, he would just say something else arrogant, and I ran into that myself when having him on my radio show. Uh, I was on a station in the Seattle area Christian Talk Station, and from Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m., I did a little uh, daily radio show. And um, part of doing that show is I interacted with Pastor Mark a few times. I did a few interviews with him. Also, uh, our radio station uh, promoted some conference that he was putting on. Um, So, you know, I I remember speaking at Mars Hill Church, not speaking as preaching, but just speaking, you know, on behalf of the radio station and, you know, saying a couple words and those sorts of things. But one of the things uh, that I just found with Mark before really all the scandals Broke out is he just seemed kind of arrogant, and you would just see it's sometimes when someone has success when they're young, whether they know it or not, there's a part of it where they just kind of internalize that I'm worthy of this success, that it's just it has something to do with you know I must clearly be doing the right thing, and because I'm doing the right thing, I don't really need to repent of what I'm doing because there wouldn't be all this fruit. It's that kind of idea, it's this kind of predestined reality of. God clearly wouldn't be blessing me. We wouldn't be such a big church, such a dominant influence if we weren't doing the right thing. So if you have a problem with what we're doing, you have a problem with God. And you just kind of get that air when you'd hear him talk. Now, uh, being arrogant as a pastor, that is not unique to Pastor Mark, and frankly, it's not unique to me. I I think I can recognize arrogance because I express it myself in different occasions. But while I was on the air in Seattle during that time, uh, the church, Mars Hill Church, uh, the church that Pastor Mark founded, basically imploded. Everything just uh, all, and I'll use the term I don't think as a swear word, but just reality, all hell broke loose. And I I really struggled with how to talk about that on the radio. And in fact, I did not deal with it for a long time. I just didn't. I, I know, you know you can put any churches under scrutiny and and there can be conflict and conflicts and struggles and disagreements, and I didn't want my show to be something that just aired the dirty laundry of someone, particularly when they're a larger church and they're an easier topic or, you know, easier target. But eventually there came a point where I had to address some of those issues. I just had to deal with it because Pastor Mark, in some ways, has lived as a non-accountable or an unaccountable leader. Uh, within his own church structure, in how he responded to the discipline that was supposed to happen within his church structure, and how he's continued on. There's a lot of things that people struggle with with Pastor Mark, and and I'm not going to get into any of those things, because a lot of them really are just opinions and preferences. There's certain people who dislike his theology and how he articulates theology. There's been issues with the Uh, plagiarism in his books. And I think probably a lot of that has to do when you have somebody help research for you. I presume he got a little lazy in the research, had other people research for him. He used their quotes, put them into his books. I'm not saying plagiarism isn't a big deal, but for me, that wasn't as big of an issue to me. Uh, There were stories about past, uh, you know, he at one time anonymously posted on a blog as some other uh, person and the things that he said under that anonymous, um, as that anonymous person, were just really just misogynistic and terrible. And those things happened a long time ago, and so you could say, well, that's in the past. And all kinds of other uh, things he said or not said that people get upset about. But I just want to focus in on what troubled me the most. There was something that I begin to see at the church. Uh, that troubled me so greatly that I felt like I needed to talk about it when he was in Seattle. And I talked about it in terms of asking him to repent. Now, he didn't listen to my show, I'm sure. But literally calling him to repent because repentance that would restore him. Repentance that, you know, if if you could repent, if you could truly learn to reconcile, uh, there's a way forward. But if you don't, you'll never have the witness that you want. And so I remember doing a show like that. And one of the reasons I did it is I actually had even leaders from the church contact me and email me and people who'd been in the church tell me about some of the harm and the hurt that they'd experienced at Mars Hill under Pastor Mark's leadership. The area that troubled me the most about what happened and why I'm... And he said, well, Doug, why are you bringing out this dirty laundry. Well, I'm bringing it out because he's in an unaccountable situation. He he basically left a church in ruins, and then he went and started another church, and now he's going to write a book as someone with authority. The thing that troubles me the most about what Pastor Mark has done in the past and what he has not done currently to give him the right to preach and speak and write books is the way he dealt with his leadership his staff, his fellow workers. I can tell a problem in any person, in any pastor, if their church has continual problems in the leadership. And you know, by some records, there were maybe 21 pastors or worship leaders, past and present at Mars Hill, who had great problems with how Pastor Mark was treating other people. That they believed he had become a bully, that he was doing things that were inappropriate. And for me as a pastor, when you see uh, the people that uh, someone has worked with the most being really upset about how they've been treated, and not just one, it's one thing, you know, to have an associate that gets upset, but to have many people, person after person after person, not upset about his theology not upset about his visions or how he wrote or the you know, writings or books, and not upset even about things like you know, plagiarism stuff and all that, but upset about, you're just not treating me like a Christian should treat someone else when they're a pastor. And, and it was profound, the amount of people in Mars Hill who had been hurt by Pastor Mark. Now, you can talk about people on the outside. People on the outside don't know, and there's a lot of people angry with him, and they'd write nasty things, and okay, you know, they don't know the church. But for me, as an outsider, I look at if people within the church are really struggling. If, the if you know, if you've got 20, you know, I don't care. Frankly, more than one probably you got a problem there. If you've got 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, former... People who worked in ministry positions in your church, very hurt and upset by how you lead, needing you to recognize that the way you are treating people is not Christ like, then you've got a problem. You've got a fundamental problem. You've got a pastor who's dangerous because you have a pastor who clearly does not know how to reconcile. And it came to a head at Mars Hill, and just for the background, and I don't want to get into a bunch of the details, but it and from an outsider perspective, I can see what happened here so clearly, and I and I just think I'm right in this. I just I know enough of church workings to know how things go, that it came to a place where finally, uh, the church elders got together, and they looked at these accusations against Pastor Mark. Again, this isn't about sexual infidelities. This isn't about you know some of the things we hear about now. This is just person after person after person saying, "I'm being." harmed and hurt and bullied by our pastor. People who had left and people who were still there, people who clearly loved the church and even loved him, and but did not love this part of his personality that was harming others, this unaccountable part. And so they went through some sort of process, whatever their process is, some sort of process where they took seriously these accusations. And there was a report formed, and I remember during the time, just kind of following this, that there was a, a, some sort of report made, and then Pastor Mark immediately resigned, kind of one of those general, you know, God's leading me somewhere else, and left the church. And what I could tell, and I, I'll just tell you, I, this is what I think happened. They never released the report, but I bet you the report said, hey, here's some problems, and we need you to get help. And I presume usually if you're going to try to restore a pastor, what you do is you say, hey, you got some problems. You got to repent of some things. You got to get your head straight. So uh, you need to go away for a bit. You need to go get some counseling. You need to go meet with some people who can help you with this. We're going to put you on leave for, you know, sometimes it's six months, a year, whatever it is. And you got to work this stuff out because right now you're doing damage to yourself and you're doing damage to others. And that was the advocacy I had at the time. I was like, hey, you've got to... You have people who would support you if you came out and said, you know what, I'm fundamentally broken in some areas because I keep harming the people around me, and that can't be how Christ would want me to pastor this church. So I'm going to do what it takes to be able to reconcile myself with the many, many people I've hurt and harmed. And in order to do that, I'm going to step down, and I'm just I'm going to put myself under authority of, of, of some good counselors, maybe some good psychiatrists just to go through this process of seeing why I'm destroying the relationships that I should be blessing. And I believed at the time that if Pastor Mark had done that, he could have restored himself to relationship to the church. And then again, he'd also have to say, and I don't know how long it's going to take for this to work, and maybe it won't. Maybe I'm just not supposed to be the pastor here, but I'm going to go through a process to try to serve the needs in this church and to take seriously the fact that I've harmed so many people. And I assume within this report they did that there was something there that said, "Hey, you need to get help." I assume it. It wasn't. It, I know it wasn't. You have to leave and you have to resign, because when he resigned and he resigned abruptly, he put the church in the chaos. In fact, Mars Hill did something very smart. They didn't try to continue on. Instead, they had a bunch of campuses and they allowed each of the campuses kind of to have their own sovereignty and to be their own churches. Just to decide, you can close that campus or you can be your own church, and now in the Seattle area, I don't know how many are left, but they might all be left. I'm just saying, I don't know, I haven't kept track of that. But those branch campuses and those different places that were extensions of Mars Hill, they all became their own individual churches. But the church just collapsed because Pastor Mark was unwilling to go through any process of reconciliation. And so he left, Moved away, and in a couple years, he started another church in Scottsdale, Arizona. And then now I just saw this week that he has a book that's going to come out talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I think it's, yeah, Charisma House is uh, publishing it. And when I look at that, I just, I, I have to say, I am greatly troubled. Now, I remember back when I was pleading that Pastor Mark would go through a reconciliation process, I said these words. I say, if you do not go through a reconciliation process, you will never have the same authority to speak the way you want to speak. The desires you have to be able to speak to the larger body of Christ, the desires you have to be able to be a servant of the larger church, you will never have that. This will follow you all your life. There's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And until the church understands this, we're going to continue to harm others and lose our authority in the world. Because reconciliation is a process by which we take serious the sins that we've done against the people around us, and we do what it takes to not only love God and to place ourselves under God's hands, and to repent and say, God, I will turn from my sin and follow you. But we allow that turning from our sins to follow God, to influence our relationship with the people we've sinned against. And that means we do whatever we can in our power to make things right. To genuinely apologize, to genuinely repent. In this context, it would have been to generally go through a process of reconciliation and restoration. And I bet you if that report was revealed, that's what it would be about. It was like, hey, here's some accusations against you. We find that you have not treated the workers, the fellow pastors and staff in a Christ like manner. We want you to get help, we want you to step down for a while. Get help. And if you can get help, we can bring you back into this position. But if you're unwilling to do that, you cannot be in this position of leadership. And instead of going through that process, he just left. And is left with some, you know, vague story. You know, that was a chapter in my life. Isn't it nice just to make things about a chapter in your life? No individual is just a chapter in your life. And for an eternal God, all those relationships stand before God. They don't just stand in the distant past as a chapter in our life that has now closed. When Pastor Mark left the Seattle area, he didn't just sin against that leadership. He sinned against all those people and all those churches in that big church, that big Mars Hill church, all those people who thought that what he was doing had integrity. And he has not reconciled himself to the community that he has sinned against, not remotely. And the very fact that someone could do that could be so emotionally disconnected that they would sin against that many people. We're talking about thousands of people. and, and, and you know, what do we have here? 2021 20, or even more I'm just that's one number of leaders, past and present, and just say, "Nope." by i close that door just going to start over and do something again that's not about forgiveness that's the opposite of reconciliation and the saddest thing about it is because he's done that he will never have the authority he wants. He will never be able to speak the way he wants to speak. He will never be able to have the influence he wants to have because he's refused to repent of the sins that he's done against others. And so now there's a book coming out. I just, I'm just going to put myself out there. I just wanted to speak on behalf of the hundreds and hundreds of people in the Seattle area that Pastor Mark did not reconcile with. And I don't think he's going to hear this message. But if you do, Mark, the most important thing in your life is not to write another book, not to plant another church, not to do another service, not to do another sermon, but to learn how to reconcile with the people you've sinned against. I don't say these things because I want you to be destroyed or harmed or ruined. I want the gospel to be seen through you and the gospel. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And if you're a minister, you should be highlighting that ministry in your own life. What's so troubling, and the book isn't out yet, so I don't, I don't know what's in it, and I'm not going to buy it because I don't want to reward publishers who would publish something that they shouldn't publish. It's not about our words. You can say great words. Maybe the book is a great book, but you can't do this. You can't be in non-reconciled relationships with people around you and just preach a good message and write a good book. That's the worst Christian witness witness possible. That is the definition of hypocrisy. That's why people leave the church where their parents go to church and they say all the right things and do all the right things, but in the way they practice their life, they do not live like Christ. And kids say, I don't need another sermon. I don't need another Bible study. I don't need to gather together and pray. I don't even need prayer in the schools. I don't need some big concept of changing this world. I just need parents who aren't hypocrites and pastors who aren't hypocrites and leaders who aren't hypocrites that I need to actually see what you preached in the way you live your life. And for Charisma House to publish this book, and and here's here's what I'll hear, you know, people go, well, I met him, he's a good guy, and uh, now he has new friends and new people he's ministering to, and, and here's the thing, you can make all the new friends you want, you can minister to 100,000, 100 million people, that does not change the people you've sinned against, that's not how it works, you don't tip the scale in favor of goodness by abandoning the people that you neglected and rejected and did not reconcile with. That's not how it works. Well, for 10 years, I didn't hurt people. My staff likes me now. They hated me then. It doesn't work that way. God is an eternal God, and our lives stand before him. The greatest witness that he could have done and could do today would be to show us the genuine path of repentance and reconciliation. Because others haven't moved on. Those sins have... Have brought people to reject their faith, to reject the church, to reject ever trusting a leader again. The damage done. But one of the sad ironies is that he's writing a book on the Holy Spirit, and I guess the premise is that it's, you know, we we spend too much time in Acts, and we need to start with Luke and how Jesus was ministered to by the Holy Spirit. Now, first, I, I just struggle with the fact that people who aren't experts in Pentecost or The Holy Spirit, who come from different traditions, who suddenly try to be experts, I kind of struggle with that in general. Why don't we just go to the better resources? But here's one of the sad ironies of this, and I don't think it's just irony. The Apostle Paul uh, spoke much about being led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And one of the signs that you are full of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit is you will enter into the ministry of reconciliation and you will be reconciled to God and reconciled one to another. The Apostle Paul, I have this in my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor, I have a chapter on how Paul, Paul, when Paul was saved, the church still didn't trust him. Paul was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, but the church didn't trust him. The Jerusalem, Jerusalem Council didn't trust him, and the people who had been scattered didn't trust him. And you know why they didn't trust him? They were scattered beca- in part because of his persecution. We read this in Acts. It's important that uh, we understand the work of the Holy Spirit, not just in Luke, but the work of the Holy Spirit in Acts. And Paul, when he was not submitted to Christ and submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit, persecuted the church and harmed those around him because of his legalistic ideas and and his unrepentant heart. Well, he met Jesus, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he was unable to minister because, basically, the Jerusalem Council didn't trust him and those who were scattered didn't trust him. And so I talk about that Paul's first missionary journey, I talk about in the book that Paul's first missionary journey was really Barnabas' first missionary journey, because Barnabas is the one that helps Paul reconcile to the church. It's God and the work of the Holy Spirit that has you know Paul ultimately reconciled to God, but the reconciliation that occurs between Paul and the church comes through Barnabas, being led by the Holy Spirit. Barnabas is the one who takes Paul to the Jerusalem council, and they're like, well, we trust Barnabas. I guess we can trust Paul. And then the Jerusalem council sends Barnabas out to minister to some communities that need help. And it's Barnabas who goes and finds Paul and says, come with me. And then if you look in Acts where they go, they go to all these familiar named places. And the reason these places are familiar is they were named earlier as the places people scattered to based on Paul's persecution. So what Barnabas is doing is he's taking Paul into these communities of the people that Paul has sinned against, and he's restoring relationship with these people because they don't trust Paul. Paul doesn't just go off and minister. He needs to reconcile with the people he sinned against. He reconciles with the Jerusalem council and he reconciles with the people who were scattered on the face of the earth. And Barnabas takes him to these different places and at these different places where he meets the people who were scattered and persecuted because of Paul's future person, you know, his past, uh, persecution of the church, when they meet Paul, you can imagine their hearts, and you can imagine their fear, and you can imagine their anger, Barnabas finds a way for them to see the new life, the new spirit-led, spirit-filled life that Paul has, and reconciliation and forgiveness occurs, so that Paul can begin to speak to, and teach, and minister in the communities of people that he had once persecuted. Here's the integrity of a book about the Holy Spirit. You cannot write a book about the working of the Holy Spirit and not be involved in the ministry of reconciliation and be a person of integrity. Mark Driscoll has not taken that first missionary journey, if he's made himself right with God, if he's repented of his past, if he's in a new place where he's being led by the Holy Spirit, then I'm telling you this is what the Holy Spirit is telling him to do. Go find the people that you've sinned against and work the process of reconciliation. Now some people say, "Well, maybe he's doing it privately. You do that privately, and you do it publicly, because we understand Paul's path of reconciliation." But I have not seen that in the work of Mark Driscoll. So some people aren't going to understand this. I know they're going to say, "Doug, why'd you do this? Why are you about this? You're about bringing people together. Why are you so harsh on Pastor Mark?" If you heard me clearly, I believe that any person's ministry can be rescued. And and frankly. I, I I can't imagine that someone like Pastor Mark would want to be in a position that no matter what he does in life, because he's refused to reconcile, he'll never have the authority that he wanted to have. He'll never have the voice he wanted to have. I can't imagine that's what he wanted. To me, I'm still calling him to a place of reconciliation. And in talking about this, I'm talking to other pastors where where you're in the same position or other leaders are the workers in the kingdom or just fellow Christians where you've moved on and you're doing the work and whatever you're writing the book, you're preaching the sermons, you're volunteering, you got a new group of friends, new group of people, but you know you did not do the work of reconciliation with the people you sinned against. Does it mean people will forgive you? No. Does it mean people will accept you? No. But did you do the work? I assume if Pastor Mark began to do the work, many people would say, forget you. I don't care. But it doesn't matter. At least he could say, I did the work. Have you done the ministry of reconciliation? Christ has done the ultimate ministry of reconciliation. It's our job to let that ministry flow through us. So today's show is not dedicated to just talk about Pastor Mark Driscoll. But in one way, I just felt prophetically, I'm supposed to contend for the church and the hundreds and thousands of people he sinned against. I'm supposed to ask Pastor Mark that you would repent and reconcile before you write another book, preach another sermon, start another church, speak at another conference. That's still the way forward. Now, he can disagree with this and belittle this. But as a brother in Christ, I'm asking you, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, because we know that in the book of Acts, that's the book that follows the book of Luke that your book's about. It's in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit gets in Paul, Paul immediately, as soon as he can find someone to help him, goes and reconciles to all the people he's sinned against. And until you do that, you don't have authority to speak about the working of the Holy Spirit. All right. Make Room for the Lord, He Knows You by Name. If you'd like to pick up my book, uh, it's self-published, so I'm a, I'm a famous author as well. <laughs> it's uh, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can pick it up at Amazon or uh, Amazon. Also, you can go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, to find this podcast, our past podcast. Make Room for the Lord, He Knows You by Name. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll get to a little bit more edifying topics.
1: All right. Go. They see that I cannot do what you've called me. dream.